Hi, and welcome to Fassifern Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, and it will both challenge and inspire you. Praise God. But seriously, we are here to remember, and that's what we're going to do. Thank you, team. Wonderful, wonderful effort this morning. Thank you. Um, we're here to remember, and so I'm reading a passage from John chapter 10, and I'm going to read from 17 to 21, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it reads like this, Therefore my Father loves me, Jesus speaking, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down myself. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I received from my Father. Therefore there was a division again among the Jews, because they, these sayings, and, and, uh, and many of them said, he has a demon, he is mad, uh, literally he's gone insane. That's the word there, they weren't just being you know, detrimental, they, they literally thought he's insane. Why do, you th- why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And, and I want to start with the end. Can, a, can a de- someone who has a demon open the eyes of the blind? We know that Jesus did that physically, but what he's been doing ever since is opening the spiritual eyes of the spiritual blind. And I'm hoping that this morning our eyes might be opened a little bit wider and we might see a little bit clearer uh, into the spirit and, and get some truth that's going to help us. So my job today is to remind us of what we celebrate. And, and we will do that. We'll keep it very simple, very short, and we'll remember why we're celebrating. Um, but there's a little bit more here. So we know the Father loves the Son. It's said several times in the Gospel records, uh, but it's like now he's, he's giving a whole new level. Now, I know that the Father's love is unconditional and it's not earned or deserved. I know that. I know the Father's love doesn't come in parts, uh, you know, or, or different degrees. It's just, he can't, it's impossible to love you more than he loves you or less than he lo- If he loves you, he just loves you. And that applies to Jesus too. And usually in the other parts of the scriptures, it talks about how father loves the son because he's his son, right? Behold, my son who in whom I'm well pleased. And, and the whole deal is every time Jesus says, I know that you love me because I'm your son. And, and so there's that condition where the love is based on the relationship, and it's not like lesser or more, but here there's something that I don't have the words. Probably the truth is I don't have the intellect or the vocabulary to explain it, but Jesus has a whole new dimension here because he said, my father loves me, not just because he's my father and I'm his son, but he loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. And I can't find the words to describe without sort of diminishing the truth of the unconditional love that the Father has for each and every one of us. And again, I say it's impossible for him to love you more than he does or love you less than he, when he loves you, he just loves you. That's constant. But there's something a little bit different here that I'm not even going to try and explain to you, but I want to point out. For some reason, he said, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. And so um, I'm not going to even try to explain that, but there's something incredibly powerful about obedience to the Lord. And I'm not sure how that works out yet, 
but, but it struck me so strongly the other day that I had to mention it. Um, he loves him not because he's his son, but he lays down his life to take it up again. And I do want you to notice that Jesus said, um, I lay down my life that I may take it again. Right? Uh, we usually separate those and deal with them. As, but there's a definite reason. He said, I'm laying it down for the purpose of being able to lift it up again. Then it, let's read the next verse because the next verse he qualifies that in John 10, 18. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Several times in Jesus' life, there were attempts to take his life, right? You know that. And I just got a couple here. Um, and I'm not going to read them just for time's sake, but in John 8, 59, it says they took up stones to stone him. But in the midst of their rage, and they were very angry with him, they were full of rage and they picked up their stones. But at that moment, Jesus just casually walked among, through them and went away. I want you to see that. I want you to know when there was a time when they went to, um, the crowd was so raged and raged with him again. And this is John 10, 39. A crowd went to seize him again. And again, at the key moment, he just simply calmly walked through them and away. Um, of course, we've got the, the classic example where he really upsets them. So they grab a hold of him and they take him up the hill and they're about to throw him off a cliff. He makes the point and, and that the argument was caused off. And then he again, just casually walks away. Even though they've had him, they've dragged him to the edge of the cliff. They're about to throw him over in their rage, uncontrollable. But all of a sudden, no. You know why? Because no one could take his life. No one could take his life. His life was had to, was, was, he came and his life was given so that he could give it. He, he and only he could take his life. And we, we used that, he just used that phrase, he lays down his life because only he could take it. Only he could give it. Nobody could take it from him. We, we need to remember that. The shepherds of Israel... The wonderful pictures that he uses, we've got through the prophets and in the Old Testament, that all indicate the traits of the Messiah. And, so, and that's what the prophets of Israel relate to. But the actual prophets of, uh, sorry, the actual shepherds of Israel would literally risk their lives for the sheep. They would risk their lives when the wolf, to protect the sheep from the wolves, right? And from the thieves and all that kind of stuff. They would risk their lives. And I dare say that probably some of them gave their life. There are some people in the world that would be willing to sacrifice themselves for the benefit of others. True? Jesus actually said, there's some, uh, Paul said that, there's some good people who, who would uh, be willing to lay down, to take the risk of being sacrificed. They would literally lay their life down for the benefit of people they care for or love. And even Jesus said, that's the greatest sign that you lay down your life for your brother. So the deal is, uh, there's, there is a group of people, and it seems it's in diminishing number in our present culture, but even in our culture, even in 
our town, even in this room, there are people, and, and can I say most mothers do this just naturally? Most grandmothers do this as well. They willingly deny themselves for the benefit of those they love, right? And, but there are people that will be willing to literally stand in the way to protect someone they love. They will be willing to lay down their life, literally, figuratively lay down their life because they love somebody and they will try to protect them. So Jesus, of course, is the massive example of that. But the deal is there are some people like that. And praise God, thank you, Jesus, for people like that. Um, but there's only ever been one who can not only lay down his life, but then take it up again. I love the fact that Jesus says, I have the power. Now, I know I don't want to get in a the theological debate, but it's true. Every time that the God does something significant, the Trinity is involved, right? Even the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all involved in everything together. Um, but I love the fact here that Jesus said, I have the power. I have the power to lay my life down. I do have that power. And, and then he says, and I have the power to take it up again. So even though, like we consider, we consider the crucifixion. Let's consider the, the, the false accusations. Let's consider the unjust courtroom situation, the corrupt decision that was made by the court. Let, let's consider how he was completely humiliated, shamed. Let's consider also on top of that, the absolute, not, not just the beating, but an absolute flogging within an inch of his life, right? Let, let's consider that. Let's consider him being teased and tormented, you know, completely innocent and holy and righteous without doubt, and yet he suffered this incredible torment. Let, let's consider him being nailed to a cross and then that cross being dumped in a hole and then, you know, at the right time, the spear in the side, the hole. Let's consider all of these things, but remembering that while we think it was those religious people, while we think it was the demons behind it, while we think it was just a natural uh, occurrence of the body now dying and giving up its life, let's remember that, no, 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 it was his power. It was, he was behind it all. Sure, he simply used people and their, and their imaginations and, and their anger and all that kind of stuff, but it was his. It was his decision. He had the power to lay his life down. Full control. The, the devil, the demonic realm, the secular realm, the, the carnal realm, the fear and the greed of men had no influence over him at all. He had the power over them. I have the power to lay myself down. I have the power to take myself up. Uh, and so... We see that power, but then, then I want to touch on that last little bit he said. Um, this command I received from my father. So he has this power because he is God. He's the son of God. He's got, he has this power. He's holy and righteous. Because he's never sinned, death has no hold on him. He has this power and the decision to... But, but he says here, even though I have this power, I'm doing it in full obedience to my father. 
That's, that's what it implies here, isn't it? He goes, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to take it back up. But then he says, this command I have received from my father. So while he had the power to do it or not to do it, he did it because of his obedience. Um, and we find that in Philippians 2, 8 to 11. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right now, we live in a realm where we have the choice to say that. Where we've had a revelation, an encounter, we've, we've come into relationship and we can say that and we can bend our knee and we can worship him of our own volition, of our own free will, of our own choice because of the encounter, the revelation. But there's coming a day when even those who don't, who refuse to now, but in the full light of the revelation of the glory of God will have no other option. It will just be their natural instinct to bend their knee and to speak out loud. Whether, they, whether it's a thing of celebration or a thing of torment, they're going to have to. Every demon, every person who ever lived, if they haven't done it willingly and gladly, then there'll come a day. There will come a day, my friends, when this will be fulfilled completely, when they will, whether they enjoy saying it or not, whether they're celebrating while they're saying it, it's not the point. They will be forced. It will be their natural reaction to the full illumination, the glory of God fully revealed. They can help themselves but bow their knees and confess. Praise God that we still live in a time when we got the choice, the decision to do that. And, and that should be motivation enough for us to now share with the people that we love and are concerned about. Give them the same option. Okay. Um. Let's, let's get ready for communion then. As we partake of communion, so I think I've left mine on it. Let me remind you that Jesus from the upper room, the washing of his disciples' feet, through the garden, through the prayer, through the betrayal, through the arrest, through the false exec, exec, uh, accusations, through the corrupt court system, through it all, every aspect of what he went through, he did it not only willingly, but fully conscious of what was about to happen. He knew. He knew everything that was about to happen, how it was going to unfold, how it was going to be laid upon him, and how he must suffer. He knew it. He didn't just say, oh, well, here we go. I hope we can, you know, we make it through. He, everything about this, he was fully aware of, he was fully conscious of, and yet he still willingly, 
And it tells us in the epistles that for the joy that was set before him, he willingly embraced all of that stuff. Because he loved the Father and the Father loved you. I just want us, as we remember, to highlight that fact that Jesus willingly and fully aware of everything that would have been submitted to death, but the truth is that death never had any power over him at all. It wasn't never a competition. Sometimes we, we, we think about the gospel the way that you know Jesus went and died and then we think there was some kind of battle. There was never a battle. There was never a fight. He, he used power the whole time. He was in control the whole time. And, and, he, and he did everything he did for love. So as we remind ourselves right now, let's partake. We got the wafer that represents his body that was broken for us. Let's eat and remember. We've got the juice that represents his blood that was shed. How important the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's drink as we remember. And now let me pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you sent your son. Because you so loved the world, you sent your son. And you didn't send your son to condemn the world. But you sent your son to save it. And through this sacrifice, we've been thoroughly and completely saved. The recruitment of the penalty that each of us has, has been paid in full. We are completely and thoroughly free from that debt. Not only did you say you lay your life down, but you raised it up again. I thank you that in the raising of your life, you not only fulfilled all the prophecies and, and the promises that were given about it, but you sh showed or revealed the ultimate power over sin and over death. Therefore, for us, breaking the sting or the fear of death and ensuring the ultimate victory for the children of your Father. And I pray that each and every one of us, by your Spirit now, will not have, will have a lot more than just an intellectual reasoning or understanding. But from our hearts now will come a revelation of the truth that sets us free. In our heart of hearts, we will know that we know that we know to the degree where we cannot or we may not even be, begin to explain what we know, but we know it. That when you died for us, it was completely and thoroughly paid for, the debt, the sin, and death in your power. Death has lost its sting. The power of sin is broken. 
Oh, Lord, that we, each of us, might know that. I do pray that each and every one of us will grow in the knowledge of our God and our understanding will increase. But right now I pray that we will know, that we will know in our heart of hearts of what you have accomplished for us the day we're remembering when you willingly, deliberately laid down your life was lifted up on a cross for our benefits. I pray now for your blessing, your protection, your provision on us and our loved ones. That as we go, and praise God, we've given a, been given a day off by our government to celebrate. But as we go and spend it with family and friends, I pray that this truth will be in the fore, will be in the front of our thinking, in all the fun and all the activities that we go through today. That the power of this truth will start to transform even more. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, your blessing, your power, your protection, your provision, your favour, on each and every one I ask in Jesus' wonderful name and his church said. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at firstfamchristianchurch.com.